Welcome back. Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm Pat Remwick, and it's time for the Bass Buzz segment of our show. And I cannot tell you how stoked I am to have this fishing legend on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you the one and only, the General, Larry Nixon. Yeah! Larry Nixon. Yeah. How are you doing, Larry? Are you doubling down on those chips tonight or what? <laughs> Excellent. We appreciate you taking time out of your night, man, to, to come on here. And sorry for the delay. Uh, you, YouTube was acting up today. YouTube was acting up a little on us today, and that's how, how we broadcast this. So. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. There's, <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no controlling us whatsoever, Larry. Hey, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it to you real simple here, okay? I'm going to break it down for you, Mr. Nixon. And, I, and sometimes you, you rock stars of, of, the, uh, of the bass world need to be reminded a little bit sometimes, okay? I'm, I'm going to lay this out. You ready? Yeah, I mean, 40 years as a bass pro. Three and a half million dollars, 108 <laughs> top 10 finishes. I mean, I mean, 100, you know, 18 or something wins, uh, uh, two, two bass angler of the years, a bass master classic victory, multiple Forest Wood Cups, ultimate match fishing champ, almost, so, almost, we'll see. But I mean, dude, come on, man. Did I, did I bring you there? Did I get you there? I mean, I mean, come on, man. I mean, you are an icon of the sport. And, and a lot of times, you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, in my conversations with Michael Jordan that I have frequently or, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, or, <laughs> or, Mick, or or even Mick Jagger. You know, when, I, when I'm talking to these guys, a lot of times I'm like, um, you know, I have to remind them just how good they are. And even Jeff Crete, I have to do that to Crete all the time. Because Crete doesn't even remember. And I got to tell him all the time exactly what's going on. <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, but, but <laughs> here's, the, here's the deal, Larry. I mean, uh, you know, dude, uh, you're, you're constantly knocking it out. You're, how old are you, Larry? Do you mind if I ask? Because I really don't know the answer to that one. Another number. Oh, okay, 65. <laughs> 65. And, and, you know, you're still competing. Uh, at the ultimate level of professional bass fishing, you know you're 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 in the FLW tour. You're you're competing against some of the biggest superstars uh, in the name. Not that you're not, but uh, some of the best fishermen in the world, man. And you're up there at 65 years old competing at this level. That is amazing, dude. It is amazing. Yeah, I feel I feel very fortunate to be keeping up with them. Believe me, a lot of it's a lot of it's knowledge because I don't have the I don't have the mechanical skills anymore to fish with them kids, but I can outfox them every now and then. <laughs> you, can, you, you can, you can. It's it's evident. It's evident. Hey, uh, you know, have you ever considered going back to the uh, to the to the Bassmasters uh, series, trying to requalify for that? Is it too late for that? No, I, no, it's not too late, but it's it's just not something I care to do. I'm real happy where I am. The people at FLW, I love them so much. You know, they're so good to me. And uh, uh, as long as I'm happy right now, I just want to fish a few more years until I have to quit. And then uh, I'm not going to worry about all that. There's too many headaches when you go to traveling that many tournaments. And, you know, I love bass. I fished bass for 29 years. And, uh 
uh, you know, when I was forced to make a decision, I did it based on sponsors and uh, how happy I was with each uh, individual organization, and I've never looked back. Nice, nice. And, and, you, and you've done very well in the FLW. You, you, you've done very well. I mean, you, you... I've done very well, but, you know, I want to win that cup so bad, and I missed it this year by like 29 lousy little points, I and know, I'm not man. real happy about that. I'm been, in fact, I've been pretty depressed for the last couple of weeks, so... When I get to come over here and enjoy a you know a good evening with my buddies here at the palace, I have a good time. Well, I, I've been work I've been working to get you on the show for months now, and, and y'all, <laughs> yeah, and, I told them that I'd been putting you off for like six weeks. Dude's been blowing me off like a, like a prom date. You know, I mean, it's like, like uh, no, Pat, I got to clean my sock drawer that night. Larry's telling me, or you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna wash my hair. I can't come on the show. But you know, but seriously, here you finally are, and and uh, you know, you need that. I mean, you you need that little bit of uh, a Larry Nixon me time right there. Okay, I, I'm gonna tell you, hey. you you better believe it. No pressure, just a good time with good friends. That's what it's all about, you know, and. The pressure starts again tomorrow morning when I have to figure out what I want to do all day since I'm not going to get to go to the Cup. And, <laughs> you know, I'm already working on next year's reservation, so I'm nice. looking forward to another tour next year. Nice, nice. Hey, uh, I, got, I, got a, I got a confession to make. Yeah, You know, I hardly ever fish a plastic worm anymore, Larry. I, Shame on you. I know. I knew you were going to say that. I mean, I knew you were going to say that. No, I mean... You know, I've literally, I'm 47 years old. Although I act like a 12-year-old, I'm 47. And, and I mean, I've caught literally thousands of fish on, on, a, on a plastic worm, as, as many bass anglers have. But, you know, I, I hardly, you know, I'm always flipping that, that, that creature bait or, or the craw bait or, or, or dragging a foosball jig or something like that. And, and I've kind of neglected the, the, the plastic worm. And, and, I mean, you are known for your plastic worm skills. There's probably never a time where you don't have one rigged up, is there? Well, let me tell you right now, next time you're not catching any, you take that creature bait off and you put a sinker on that slip sinker and you flip it like you do a creature bait and you'll be shocked at what you catch. I'll bet, man. I mean, I, I, you know, the, the... Believe me, I I love to flip as much as anybody in this world and I flip and pitch uh, a lot, but... You know, that's still, even even though I catch a lot of fish casting it, I catch a lot of fish flipping it, and not very many people do that. Yeah, and you see it. Like, you know, guys like, you know, when things get tough, uh, people like you, Gary Klein, they're, they're, they're flipping that Sanko, man. You know, it's... It, that's right. You pull out that stick bait. It's got a different fall than a creature bait, and uh, it gets a lot of reaction bites even when fish aren't eating, you know. I mean, you can... You get a reaction bite by knocking them in the head with something, and they don't know it's coming. So flip a Cinco. I'm going to bring you back a Yam- here. A Yamamoto Cinco. There you go, the Yamamoto Cinco, <laughs> the original Big Pen model <laughs> right there. Imitated, never <laughs> That's <duplicated>. right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, when I was a kid, man, I used to have the uh, the you know a lot of, a, a lot of kids had the uh, the sports superstars lined up uh, with posters in their room. I had guys lined up. Uh, you know, posters of guys like Ricky Green, okay, Kenny Cook, oh yeah, Larry Nixon, Jimmy Houston, <laughs> and I vividly remember one of the posters I had of you, and it was you. Ha- you had like these uh, these Skeeter bell bottoms on, dude. 
<laughs> and, and, yep. Yeah, they were absolutely amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. There's, there's no doubt about it. And uh, well, we were looking, we were looking good in them days. Damn, dude. I mean, you guys had it going on. <laughs> I, I think that next year on the FLW tour, if you bring back the the bell bottoms and and you know uh, get get yourself you know get some Lawrence ones or something. You know, let's get some some Lawrence bell bottoms. I can go that route. Yeah. Yes, I can. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And, and a Gary Yamamoto uh, uh, diamond studded uh, uh, frilly cowboy shirt. And and you're definitely going to qualify for the cup. I have no doubt about it whatsoever. Can you see the look on them kids' face if I wore that to Derby? I mean, they would just absolutely flip out. Do you they'd know call, how they'd call them a hipster? <laughs> that would be so awesome. Come on, seriously, seriously, would that not be awesome? <laughs> so back to the pla- back to the plastic worms. I'm gonna now. I'm back to that era, and at that time, you were throwing the old gator tail worm, I believe. That's right. And, That's right. And man, I mean, I remember one year for Christmas. I got it. I, you know, we don't fish here. It, it, we can't really bass fish here in uh, northwest Indiana, Chicagoland area in the winter because it, most of the lakes are frozen. So Santa Claus would bring me baits and put them in the stockings every year. And one year, I just got I got a hundred bag of gator tail worms. That was probably about 1983 or four or somewhere in that neighborhood. You, you are exactly that old. You're exactly right. You're, you're exactly right. It really was. I mean, and uh, I mean, man, how exciting! It might have been even a little like 82 or something like that. Yeah, you know. Um, and I was like, yes, I got the arsenal now. I got the five and a half foot pistol grip rod. I got the uh, the stretchy blue string. <laughs> I, I got my three sixteenth ounce bullet weight, and I got my true turn hooks, and I'm gonna go out and catch me some fish like oh, Larry Nixon, turn, yeah. like Larry Nixon come spring, man. And and, and sure, uh, and, and sure enough, man, I, I did it. I did it. You know, you can't beat that worm when it comes to fishing river systems or. Uh, Anywhere you've got a lot of shallow water and woody cover where you just cast it around it and you just swim it by a log and then let it free fall back down by that, that's still a good old worm. And if I ever come back up in your part of the world or, or fish a river system, that's the worm I'm going to be throwing because, believe me, I still got some. I bet you do. <laughs> Bunch bet, of them. I bet you still have some of the old uh, Larry Nixon uh, um, uh, uh, Pradco baits, too, in the garage somewhere. Oh, yeah, you know I've still got them. I've got the old signature baits that uh, we actually designed and helped them build and then picked out certain colors and all that. I've got all them old goodies. I can't throw them away. <laughs> you can't do it, man. <laughs> We're all hoarders as fishermen. There's no way it's going to happen. The only guy that gives away baits is Bill Dance. He doesn't even have any old Bagley's anymore, you know? Well, you don't have nowhere else to put them. <laughs> he's, got, <laughs> he's got to build some more properties. You know, Bill. Yeah, I'm I'm constantly moving them around, boxing them up, <laughs> stuffing them over in the corner. I can't. I just can't get rid of them. <laughs> nice, hey, Larry. Uh, um, back to the plastic worm. Get let's let's get back to the basics here. Um, describe yes, to, sir. Describe to us your typical plastic worm setup. Bring us through the combo. The line size, the hook, the weight, the worm, the whole deal. Break it down, buddy. Oh, man, good grief. You know, times have changed a lot since back in them days. And now I very rarely ever pick up a rod that's less than seven foot long. You know, I I do all my fishing with a Dobbins rod and a, a Bass Pro Shop, a Johnny Moore signature reel. And 
I throw 14 or 17 pound test, uh, fluorocarbon line most of the time. And, uh, you know, even when I'm worm fishing and believe me, I still worm fish a lot. Not like I used to. Nowadays it's more jig heads and, uh, you know, shaky head type fishing. And we just don't have the cover that we used to have in a lot of our lakes where you need a Texas rig. But, you know, still every now and then when I get in a lot of brush and stuff, I go back to the old Texas rig because that's the only way really you can penetrate cover without staying hung up. And, uh, you know, the main thing is to put the bait where you want it, make a good cast, let the bait free fall all the way to the bottom, never put any tension on that line until that line goes slack. And, and when it hits the bottom, then you tighten up on it and see if anything's got it because a lot of fish get it going down. And then you just, I'll just swim it or hop it. Uh, it's not a crawling type fishing, you know, like a lot of people think of. I'll swim it by a limb or stick and kill it and let it free fall back to the bottom. And that line goes slack, you better be ready because it could be a fish. And, you know, so much of the time when you're worm fishing, you don't feel the old peck peck or a tug or a pull. It's just the line goes slack and you feel tension or it feels like you got a little piece of moss on there. And if you hold it tight, then you'll feel it move a little bit. Now, every now and then, if you don't go ahead and jerk, he might blow it out. So, you know, when in doubt, when in doubt, set the hook. If you see that line move, let him have it. And, and cross her eyes. That's right. Cross go her. ahead and set that hook. Now, with fluorocarbon line, you don't have to do all the, the you know, used to, we have to drop a foot, of rock, a foot of slack in our line and snap set them to get the hook in a bass. But yeah, nowadays, like you. you've got gamakatsus that are sharp as a needle, and you've got fluorocarbon line that don't have a lot of stretch in it and if you just pick up and you feel him on there and just pull that hook into him if, if you've got the right hook and and you know i use a a, a gamakatsu a rebar hook most of the time when i'm worm fishing gotcha okay. and uh uh yeah it's got a little plastic barb on there that holds that worm up and all you gotta do is pull it into him and you got it and just and, and it's there it's you're just putting tension on them it's because of the progression yeah, of tackle just just pull it into them, you know. I mean, I pull on it pretty dang good, but I'm not going to give that big old whoop snap like I used to to try to try to cross their eyes because, you know, now we've got good equipment, a lot better equipment than we had back in them days. It, it, that is exactly right. And you know what? When, <laughs> we're, we got to cut to a break right now, Larry, and when we get back, let's talk more about them days. What do you say? Okie doke. Sounds good. <laughs> hey, keep it locked right here. Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television, the Bass Buzz segment. I'm Pat Renwick. When we get back, it's more Larry Nixon. Don't you go nowhere. Welcome back to Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. This is the Bass Buzz. I am Pat Renwick, and generally speaking, the gentleman you did there, the, the, the gentleman on the other end of the line, the general Larry Nixon, exudes awesomeness. And welcome back to the show, Larry. How you doing, bud? I'm good. Glad to be on there, Pat. Did, did you play a quick hand while we were on break? 
No, I had to get out of there. Them guys wouldn't leave me alone. So they, I'm sitting out here in my truck. <laughs> all, all, all your rowdy friends have settled down, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to get out here where there's some peace and quiet to do radio stuff. It's <laughs> not your first radio rodeo, is it, either? Oh, no. I've been to many of these rodeos, believe me. <laughs> over the years, over the years. Hey, let's go back to, uh, we were talking a little bit about snap hook sets. The progression of tackle. Okay, and I know you've talked about this. We talked about it on the Bass Buzz radio show years back when you were on my show then. And I know you've been asked this question a zillion times, but what was that on the Harris chain that was the opening segment of the Bass Masters where, where that, that look of shock and dismay overcame you as that 10-pounder leaped into the air and you're fighting it with a five-and-a-half-foot pistol grip rod? And... and, 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 and Oh, yeah, and only 14-pound test line, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, no offense, but it looked like you were about to crap your pants, Larry. Hey, let me tell you something. At the moment it jumped, I was thinking about it. Yes, sir. If that would have got off, uh, it would have been a messy deal in that moment. But I know what was going through. I know what was going through your head. You're like, I wish it was 2016 and I had a seven-foot medium-heavy Dobbins rod because I could really That's control exactly this right. fish. <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> what you did was time travel in your mind, and you didn't even know how far advanced you were, did you? Oh, but believe me, back in them days, I was mighty confident with that little old short rod. You'd, when I hit him, I knew he was mine. As long as he didn't get me around some lily pads and break my string, I had him. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, if, uh, did you like how I threw that little sponsor plug in for you, though? Did you see how I did that? Oh, yes, I did. Yes. Believe me, they, they are the best rods in the whole world. Uh, the best that I've ever used as long as I've been in professional fishing. I finally broke one the other day, and I broke it when I... When I picked up one of my rods, it was wrapped around something. I didn't even pay no attention. I just give it a big pull, and it popped. And when the rod flew back and hit the side of my boat, it broke the tip off of it. Boy, I was mad. You were furious. You were furious. <laughs> but it's crazy how back in the day, we used to use these five-and-a-half-foot pistol grip rods. And and I still do it for fun sometimes. I'm not going to kid you. And when you set the hook on those things, it's like you feel like you're using a Snoopy pole. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to go back to one of them before just to see if I could pitch it under boat docks better, and it don't work. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know how we got leverage on those things or what we did. I had no idea what was going on with that. Oh, <laughs> well, it was just a, you know that was just a progression of time, and every time they'd go to a longer rod, everybody would cry and say, "Oh, it's too long." You know, we we didn't. We didn't really know what we had when we had a longer one, so we, we'd go back to the short ones, and it took a long time, you know, for that to go away. And I think maybe the flipping stick probably had a little bit to do with uh, with it changing and everybody finally beginning to go up in rod size. That, and you could throw so much farther. That was the main thing. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, I mean, and ultimately it was it was basically light saltwater tackle that made its way into the bass fishing world. That was the progression. Yes, it did. That that was that was the deal. Hey, um, and then we come out with we actually, you know, I think Daiwa at that time was the first rod company that really started building tackle, uh, you know, uh, lure specific. Yeah, and uh, so then we went went from five and a half to six and a half, and then a seven, and then a seven three. I mean, it was just a, it was just a total progression, and there was a bunch of guys, me and Denny Brower and Ricky Clun and George Cochran and. Uh, 
you know, back then we were all on the same team yeah. and with Iowa, and, and oh man, we we built some awesome equipment. Yeah, I mean, it really was. You had the the Denny Brower flipping stick. You had the Ricky Clun glass crank and rod. You had the Larry Nixon worm rod. You had the George Cochran. What was his? The spinnerbait rod, right? Topwater, top, spinner bait, top water yes, and spinnerbait. I mean, classics, man. If you could, if you now, do you still have some of those? Because I would like those. If you have those. Still in the plastic tape. Oh, <laughs> come on. Come on. Send them out. The ori- original <laughs> plastic bag on about uh, probably a, a dozen or so. <laughs> wow. The, the guy to my right over here, Ryan Popcorn Whitaker, he, he's salivating over there about uh, about the uh, uh, about the flipping rod. And, and Bobby, Bergeron, Bobby Bergeron over here on my left, he's like, yeah, man, I want the Nixon worm rod. I want the, I want the Nixon worm rod. I got three of them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they're all they're all six six. Uh, yeah, the old six six straight handles, the ones that I saved. Wow, <laughs> man, that brought me back, dude. Brought me back. Hey, uh, you you hail from B Branch, Arkansas? That's right, B Branch, Arkansas. That's just a cool town name, right there, B Branch, Arkansas. But um, talk to us about about when you first got into professional bass fishing. What were you doing before you were a professional bass fisherman? Were you a guide, Larry, or were you just fishing derbies? How was it happening? Yeah, it's one of the deals I kind of, I'm not going to say I fell into it. I was going to college a couple years, and I was going broke, borrowing money. Dad couldn't put me through school. And uh, so I got this wild hair. I had some buddies that moved to Toledo Bend guiding, and I said, Dad, I said, I'll tell you what. If you'll let me borrow your boat, this was not January the 1st. We were on spring break. I said, if you'll let me borrow your boat for about three months, I'll go down to Toledo and I'll make me some money. And I'll see you back up here in March and uh, uh, and, 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 and I'll uh, give you your boat back in time for the spring fishing. And he said, you know, that might be a good idea. They're working every day down there. You can you can make some money. You know, I think it was $60 a day or something like that back okay. then. And, so here I went. I hooked onto his Ranger and I hauled it down to Toledo Bend and uh, pretty much just lived wherever I could, you know, to make all the money I could while I was down there. Well, then March March rolled around and I just sent him a check for three thousand dollars so he could go get him a new Ranger and I stayed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, thanks, Dad, I, I for the advance. College. Yeah. I got my college education on Toledo Bend the next five years, and my good friend Tommy Martin, he says, my gosh, Larry, he said, ain't nobody catches more fish than you do. Even when they ain't biting, you come in here and you've got a limit of bass. He said, you need to be fishing tournaments. He said, you ain't never going to make no money guiding. You know, this is after I'd done, poked about four holes in that boat (laughs) and all that stuff. And I said, you really think I can? And he said, I know you can. So I went and got in the Bass Master Tournaments in 1977, and uh, I made a check in every event, made the Classic, finished second the first year, and Rick Clun was good enough to get me a sponsorship with Glastron Boats back in them days that paid my entry fee and oh, gave me yeah. a little bit of expense money, and I said, oh, me, I'm in hog heaven now, and I ain't never looked back. Wow. that that's 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 pretty cool. I mean, and to where you are now. I mean, come on, that, that's pretty awesome. Only in America, dude. Seriously. Only in America. Only, you got that right. Only, only in America. And, and you, you know, when you came, now what year was it when you started fishing them? 77 was when you started fishing competitively? Yeah. January 77. The first event was on the St. Uh, John's River in Florida. And, and back and in. Believe me, that's a long haul for a little old country boy. Didn't have much to start with. 
and back in back in seventy seven, as you entered the 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 pro tour, the pro circuit, as a rookie, who did you fear the most at that time in nineteen seventy seven? Gosh, I didn't know none of them. Probably Bill Dance and Roland Martin scared me to death. <laughs> you know, and I, I knew Bill pretty well because uh, back in them days, he used to bring uh, Evan Rude down to Toledo Bend and had a little event down there called Take a Dad Fishing. And it was more or less bringing a bunch of kids down there, but they had to bring their dad. And uh, he called me up before I'd ever fished the tournament, and he said, Larry, I know you're guiding down there, and and, and I know I've met you before somewhere. And I, and he said, I need you over there to get in on this event with Evan Rude. And I said, well, I'll be there. I'll come over there. And so I took a couple of days off and, and went over there and took a kid and his dad fishing a couple of days, and uh, that's when Bill got me hooked up with Evan Rude back then, and I've been with Evan Rude for 39 years. Wow. Yeah, so that, that's pretty awesome. That's a long time to be with one sponsor, and uh, you know I, that's just an incredible run, really. And uh, I still love my motor. We got the best motor in the whole world right now. That new G2 is incredible. They look pretty cool, too. I'm going to give you that. They look awesome. Yeah. You know, when I first saw one, I thought that's the ugliest thing they've ever come out with. <laughs> that ain't that ain't that is no lie. And then after they put it on a boat, and it it just the way it uh, matched in on the boat, and you know, you get all them pretty colors, anything you want, and uh, the gas mileage is extremely good. And believe me, I got power steering in this new boat, and it's just like driving a car. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's awesome. I mean, and you've gone from, I mean, when you started in 77, you were probably running 75 horse, something like that? I had a, I had a 65 Evinrude in, in 1977 on a guide boat. Okay. I had, I had to actually borrow a trolling motor from Tommy Martin to put on the bow of that boat because I still got it out of the back end back in them days. <laughs> wow. Now, you think, you think I wasn't a cluster out there in practice trying to figure out how to operate something from the front end when I've always done it from the tail end. <laughs> that, that, that's crazy. That, that's yeah. I can't, I can't even stand fishing out of the back of a boat. It drives me nuts. <laughs> oh, it's, I know, but it's so easy to back a boat into the breeze and hold the boat still and and make the same cast every time. Well, you got to learn all over when you switch up to the nose of that boat. Believe me. That's why God you're made power want, poles. You're Mary. always wanting to troll too fast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's why God invented power at- poles. <laughs> Yeah, I mastered it, and uh, I survived. I got a check in that first event, and uh, oh, I was so happy going home with six hundred dollars in my pocket. It probably cost me seven to fish the tournament. <laughs> wow! Oh man, that, that's all right. That's all right. Hey, I need a- that was a, that was the good old days, boys. <laughs> hey, come on, these are the good old days, Larry Nixon. What are you talking about? You're still doing it, you dude. Got that right. Remember where They're we were at the good. beginning of the show, where I took you to that place. That's where Larry Nixon is right now. The legend. The legend. There, there's no doubt. I still, I still love it. I can tell you that. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not quitting until I have to. It's, it's pretty awesome. Now, uh, I need you to make a prediction about the future here. Okay? Can you, uh, can you get out the crystal ball for me? I'm going to do my best. Okay. Swami Nixon. Yeah. He's, a, he's our Swami. He's, <laughs> he's, Swami. <laughs> he's, he's the amazing Karnak. Now, uh, we, we went from... 60 horsepower Evan Roots to 250 horsepower Evan Roots to 22 foot bass boats. What is the next progression in the bass boat market for professional fishermen? Where do you see this going? 
Can it go any further? Oh, wow. No, I I really don't think so. I don't think they'll ever lift it to 300. When we, when we were actually running 150s, we were underpowered. And by, by that, I mean we were just plain dangerous when it got to blowing 25 and 30 miles an hour. Sure. Now... Now you can fish in pretty much anything and make it home unless you're stupid and get out there in a tornado or 50, 60 mile an hour wind or, you know, now, now the, the boats are so good and we've got enough power to power through them big old waves that um, I, I don't think it's going to go any further because let me tell you something, 70 miles an hour is fast. Yeah, it sure is. That's real, that's real fast. And some of the boats that the, some of the guys are running are even faster than that. And when you're running 70, and you hit a stick out there about as big around as my pinky finger, and it's one of them green sticks that don't break in half, it just takes all the water away from your prop, and you can do a turnaround faster than you can blink your eyes. So be careful. I've I've done spun around twice, once with a two-before block and once with a beaver cutting, and uh, I wasn't going 75. At least I was only going 65. And I managed to hang on and not lose a partner either time, but that's Jeez. fast enough, guys. Yeah, that's scary. That is scary, Larry. Uh, you, yeah, 65 to 70 is fast enough. That's something. How about glass-bottom bass boats? <laughs> oh, me? No, huh? I don't want to see <laughs> the bottom of my boat. I, I think I'd panic if I looked down and saw everything I run over. It'd drive you nuts, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd see a big old stump go out of the boat. I'd have a heart attack. I'd be idling everywhere. <laughs> now, hey, we, we've seen a huge progression in, in fish finders, Larry. I mean, look at the new Lorances, how, how far advanced these, these units are. And, you know, with the touch screen and the and the – and and all the the technology at our fingertips Di- down scan side scan 360 scan chirp technology uh. everything that we see will will there be a day when fish finders will be so advanced that there will have to be a rule against them in professional bass fishing I really don't think they can ever identify the species totally that you're looking at and and make it that you know, that would just really tick me off. And I used a nice word there because I don't <laughs> like, I, as much as I've learned how to use all that stuff, I still wish it wasn't here. <laughs> Simply because of the advantage I had of reading a paper map and idling around for hours and not worrying about not catching nothing. You know, it, it'd take me all day long to find one really good spot. And now they can look at 150 in one day and not make a cast. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it is absolutely you know, crazy. That, that 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 brought uh, 150 guys out there fishing ledges, and I used to only have to worry about three. <laughs> you were out there with your Buck Perry spoon plug, weren't you? <laughs> I was out there by myself, dabbling around, reading the paper map, looking at a flasher, and everybody else was beating the bank. I had it all to myself. Me and David Pritz, Mark Davis, and Clun on occasion. He wasn't very good at deep deep stuff at them days, but uh, he was incredible at the you know the mid range structures, the five to twelve, and uh, but there was nobody fishing deep, just just nobody. And uh, now everybody knows how to do it, and they're probably better than I am because they can throw these two and three ounce lures. Yeah, and my hands and arms will not allow that anymore. I'm still out back there throwing one ounce baits, and you- but. Uh, I'm still, I'm still hanging with them. Oh, well, I know you are. I know you are. And and and, and you know, and the, and it's good luck to come on the Bass Buzz, okay? Because we had uh, we had Hackney on 
uh, right before Bass Fest, and, and he won. Okay, uh, we had uh, we had KVD on, uh, and he won two in a row, and that was right in between there. Um, so it's good. You're, we're bringing you good luck. I hope you know that. Good. I'm going to heap it on myself and hang on to it for a while. <laughs> Larry, what's the best <laughs> bass lake in the country, the best bass fishing lake in the country right now? I'm going to say without a doubt, the for numbers and to have a lot of fun and go catch a lot of fish, it's still St. Clair in Michigan. Wow. Number yeah. two would have to be my favorite lake and the one that they rank number one in the country, and that's uh, Toledo Bend. Toledo Bend. There it is. I mean, it's, so. I mean, they, they just, uh, them two are one and two in my heart. And uh, I know what, what you catch when you go to St. Clair. If you just have a few days to fish, once you find them, you just, you know, you just catch a tar out of them. And there are, there are lots of them are three to five pound smallmouth. And, uh, you know, to me, that's the most fun of any fishing that there is, is smallmouth bass fishing. Yeah, and, and I could tell. I mean, I remember a tournament, an FLW, from back about maybe 2000, 2001. I think David Dudley won it in a cast, actually, if you remember that tournament. Do you, do you know which one I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Uh, I thought I won that one, and he was second. But he oh, sorry, him. Larry. Won Holy one God. <laughs> oh. You I see how I did that? Of them up there. <laughs> did you see how I did that? No, I know you won it, Larry. I know you won it. <laughs> But and, yeah, I, and remember, I, re- I remember that event very well. <laughs> I, I, I I stumped him for a second. He didn't know what to say right there. But I remember yeah, I was, the look I was on your lost for an instant. <laughs> <laughs> We're tricksters here. I'm sorry, but the but uh, when when you won that event, man, I remember you. The look on your face when you caught those smallmouth. You were like a little kid. You were having such a good time. I think you were catching them on a fluke, weren't you? Caught them on a fluke and a spook. A fluke and a spook, and knocking a them out. Fluke and a spook. Hey, Larry, we're right at the end of the end of the rope here, man. And uh, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for coming on the Bass Buzz on Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television, taking time out of your evening to be with a bunch of goofballs like us, man. Well, let me tell you something. I enjoy goofballs, and I ain't no different than you. <laughs> excellent, excellent, man. Hey, best My of luck. My hair might be a little shorter than yours, Pat, yeah. but I'm still a goofball. Now, now, that's what you need to do. You need to grow it out, Larry. You need to grow out the hair. You need to get the Lawrence bell bottoms and the uh, and, and, and the in the in the diamond studded uh, Dobbin shirt. <laughs> I, I'm working on a new I'll look for you. I'm, I'm your buddy. It, I'm your buddy Brandon Palinick's manager, so I could take you on if if you need a manager too. So we could work on. Well, that. I'm sure. I'm sure enjoyed it, guys. So we'll do it again sometime soon. Excellent. Thank you so much, Larry. Enjoy the rest of your night and go in there and win a few bucks, would you? Yeah, oh yeah, and I'm gonna go have a cold something to drink too. There you go, man. Take care. Hey, this <laughs> all is all right, Pat. Good to talk to you. Later, Larry. Straight cast outdoor cartoon television. That wraps up the Bass Buzz segment of the show. I'm Pat Renwick. When we get back, it's Phil Hunt from PH Custom Lures on the line with Bobby Bergerin. <laughs> 